Shabbos Daf Kuf The first email comes to us from Yitzi from Lakewood. Dear Rebelli, due to the insane traffic that plagues Lakewood, my drive to and from Yeshiva can take upwards of an hour. It used to be such a nuisance. Now the traffic is Hayleg. Without it, I won't finish your shear. The admiration Yitzi from Lakewood. Second one comes to us from an individual. The people are wondering who's this guy on Zoom every single morning, and he reached out to us and he says his name is Liev. He's from South Africa, and he's in the process of Gerus. And he goes through this whole thing, and finally says he dives and learns that a koilo. And he's almost at the end of the Geros process. He's at the finishing line. He be, plans to become a full-day learner one day after his Geros. And Be'ezer Hashem, one day he'll be like, I'll be like you, he says. And he's very excited about the community that welcomes him with such open arms. So, Hatzlach Hagdailah, Liev. When the sugya of different medicines that perhaps are brought down in Sefer Rukhus from Shleim HaMelech, for John, this, the Gemara says you take two out of the three following ingredients. Alexandria sap, alum, and saffron. Two out of those three, it cures jaundice. The only problem is it's a very slight side effect, which is called sterility. A person won't have children afterwards. The question is, how is one permitted to take that? The Mishnah says you can't take it on Shabbos. You can't take that all week long. It says in the Pasuk, by bringing a carbon, four languages that have to do with castration of an animal, and from the word of Artsachem, the Chem, we learn that it's also, it also applies to human beings. Says Gemara, we must be talking about a woman. And according to the Mandama, it says that a woman is chayiv improvable. We must be talking about an elderly woman or an akara. If you're already saying akara, you could say an akar, a man as well. By a man, drinking this potion, even if he's already an akar, would be asr because there's a cirrus after a cirrus. Even if it's not direct, even if he's taking it for jaundice, it would be asr as an indirect cirrus. Just like we say that there's chimutz achar chimutz, there's sirus achar sirus, meaning if a person brings a carbon, mincha, and he's not careful and he makes a chametz, he's over. The next person that needs it, the next person that puts it in the oven, makes the shape, they're all over one after another, just like the Torah says by sirus, that you're over on detaching, and then you're over on cutting. So the sirus after sirus. An old man who just can't have children, since he could take some potions and he might be able to, then it would be usher to be Masarasim. The halacha is that you're allowed to cut off the crown of the rooster, the carboilus of the rooster, even though that will cause him to be sterile. So it's not causing him to be sterile. It's not a physical thing, it's a psychological thing. When you remove his crown, then he feels bad and he's in depression and therefore he doesn't make. Says the Mishnah, it's usher to take in vinegar to heal your teeth on Shabbos and spit it out. But if you were to swallow it, that's the norm, and therefore it's mutter. You're allowed to take, there's a trick, you're allowed to take your bread, dip it in vinegar, and eat your bread. That's normal. And as a side benefit, it'll heal your teeth. Rava initially tried to make a distinction between dipping in or drinking vinegar before the meal, which would be mutter, and that's the norm, and drinking vinegar after the meal. The Gemara says, but there's a concept called hoyl. Hoyl, since it's mutter before the meal, it should be mutter after the meal. Where, where do we find this concept? We find it by tefillah and a mikvah, ayim kippur. On Shabbos, you're permitted to go to the mikvah. Why? Because even though going to the mikvah for tumma fixes the body, so to speak, but perhaps you're going to the mikvah to cool yourself down, and people won't know that you're going for tumma. But ayim kippur, you don't have that excuse. You're not allowed to go to the mikvah to cool yourself down. Yet, since it's mutter, to go to the mikvah on Shabbos, hoyl, since, therefore it's also mutter to go on Yom Kippur. So since it's mutter to drink vinegar before the meal, it's mutter to drink after the meal. Therefore, we must say 
that Rabbah retracted. It seems from the Mishnah that vinegar is good for healing teeth. Yet in the Pesach it says, It's terrible vinegar. It's like smoke in the eyes. It's like a lazy person. Says the Gemara, we must be, this Pesach must be referring to unripe grapes or to a person who doesn't have a wound in his mouth. Yes, for a person who doesn't have a wound in his mouth, it's actually detrimental to drink vinegar because it'll loosen the teeth. Somebody that has a wound in his mouth, it'll heal the wound. A person who has loin pain, he has pain in his loins, it's us for him to use vinegar and wine because that's a refuah. But to soothe it out with oil, that's mutter, that's normal. In those days, people used to anoint themselves with oil. According to Tanakama, if you're a prince, you're allowed to use rose oil. According to Rav Shimon, once princes are mutter and rose oil, then all of Klai Yisrael are mutter and rose oil. All of Klai Yisrael are considered princes, and we cannot distinguish between different groups in Klai Yisrael. In all the Shabbos, Rav Paskins, like Rav Yehuda. Shmuel Paskins, like Rav Shimon. Yet when it comes to this rose oil, Rav said the same thing as Shmuel. But it's not the same thing as, as, as Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon says that rose oil is mutter anywhere and everywhere, since a prince uses it. Rav says in his city that it was the norm to use rose oil, then everybody in his city is allowed to use rose oil. But other places not. And with that we finish the Perek, Shmoinish Ratzim. Now we go on to the Perek, the Eluk Sharim. These are the knots that you're not allowed to do on Shabbos, Eivichai. The nose ring, there are two knots, as you see in the picture, the red one that goes in the nose, and that stays there forever. It's a permanent knot. That's also, it's a Kesher Shukayama. That's what they did in the Bishamidosh when they were tying the Uriahs of the Mishkan. Just like you're not allowed to tie a knot, you're not allowed to undo a knot, because in the Mishkan they undid knots when it came to the nets of the Chilazah. The boat has the same kind of thing. It has a small knot that stays there forever, and then you tie the longer rope to it. But every time you undock, every time you move the camel, you undo that long rope. That rope is the Rabbanon Chiv. Rameir says, if you can undo a rope with one hand, the, the knot with one hand, you're not chayiv. And the Gemara remains in the subject, what about to do a tie, a tie knot, which you can undo with one hand, on the one hand, but on the other hand, no pun intended, it's a really tight knot, and perhaps that's also the Gemara remains in a tegel. There are some knots that are mudr l'chatchila. Those are the knots that are there only for one day, such as a woman's shirt that they had two buttons, as you see in the picture. They would tie the right side to the left side and the left side to the right side, but that has to be undone every day. The Gemara is going to say what the chiddush is in each and every one of these cases. The svacha, like a snood, she had two strings, or to tie a shoe, or a sandal, or a belt, or um, a, a bottle of wine, or to cover a pot. Reb Lazar ben Yaakov says, they even made a knot to tie to make sure an animal doesn't leave and with that have a wonderful wonderful day